0: Welcome to the Neuropedic Sports Rehab Podcast. I'm your host, Ramez Antoun, but please call me Mez. I'm a physical therapist and a strength coach, and in this show, we talk about the continuum of clinical practice to getting back to training in the gym. We focus on sustainable performance and longevity. I'd like to thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy our show. Before we start, if you're a sports PT interested in a virtual mentorship, make sure you stick around for after the episode. We have more details about our 12-week mentorship program that we've been getting awesome feedback from our students. Also, if you like to consume content by reading, we drop a weekly newsletter every Friday morning with free sports rehab and fitness content. So if you're interested, make sure you check out the episode description where we have a link to sign up for our weekly newsletter. All right, without further delay, let's get into today's episode. All right, update on our competitive badminton athlete with left Achilles pain. How is she doing? First of all, if you haven't listened to last week's episode about our conversation with setting expectations for fitness enthusiasts, I would recommend that you listen to that first before listening to the rest of this episode. If you have listened to last week's episode, then let's figure out what happened. I'm going to actually read you guys a text that I received from the evaluating PT. The text reads, my client won first place in her tournament this weekend, played symptom free allegedly, but wants to continue PT to address some of the limitations we found in the evaluation. She's coming to see me tomorrow night. We need to continue a lot of patients, patient education, a little manual therapy, and then I'm thinking about doing some ankle dorsiflexion pales and rails, progressive angular isometric loading, regressive angular isometric loading, for those of you who don't know what that is, pails and rails. Also want to work on addressing single leg balance. So thinking of working on double leg deadlifting, eventually for single leg balance, we're going to do SLDLs for functional hamstring lengthening. All great uh choices for exercise progressions. And towards the end of this episode, I'll give you a background as to the decisions about that. But the point here is just by setting expectations and talking to this person about rest and recovery, we helped her play symptom-free in her tournament, which was a huge win. I, I think sometimes I'm astonished as to how effective Giving somebody the right to rest is at helping them get back to sport pain free it's It's mind boggling because a lot of times we think, "Oh well, we need to just strategically strain this person a little bit more, but no, sometimes it's just back the hell off, let the body do what it does best, and in this case, I mean she crushed it in her tournament, got first place, is pain pain playing pain free, and we didn't really do anything yet, <laughs> so it just goes to show how awesome it can be to set these expectations and be able to pick out these red flags early on in the process and save yourself a lot of heartache and the athlete and the client a lot of heartache and helping them succeed. So I got this text from this therapist, right? And if you've been following me at all up until this point, you know that my philosophy behind consulting is so much so that I'm obsessed with asking thoughtful questions and really creating a active process between the client and me. So I asked this PT, I said, just as a reflective question, what about your initial consult with her? Do you think helped her play pain-free this past weekend? I just wanted to know where my, where the therapist that I was consulting, where their head was at. You know, did they think it was the pails and rails? Did they think it was X, Y, and Z? She pitched it. So I'm assuming that the therapist knew that the rest was the thing. But sometimes people really believe that certain exercises are the, are the cure all. But this therapist jokingly said, well, no, I'm a miracle worker, duh. But then she said, no, I think I just eased her mind through education and got her to rest her body a little in parentheses, like three whole days, more than she has in a year. Right. I think the therapist here is dead on. She boiled it down to like, we just She just needed some rest. Right. All the other things that we found from a movement standpoint, I think are so secondary compared to that. So she nailed it here and uh, she helped this athlete go from experiencing seven out of 10 left Achilles pain while playing and jogging to not just being pain free, but crushing it and winning first place. I just want to reemphasize that. I think that's amazing. Now, the miracle here obviously wasn't any fancy manual technique or corrective exercises. Although yet, although I think that's going to be a part of it, the miracle here was identifying first the athlete needed a professional to do two things. Give them the right to rest and recover and educate them on active recovery strategies. I shared with you guys the uh, active recovery blog that I wrote for the client last week. I'll put it in this week's episode again. Uh, but these educational tools are profound. You know, for me, it it really does take a clinician with really good emotional intelligence that has this ability to blend art and science, to help someone create this paradigm shift or have this paradigm shift, because if you're not a good communicator, I think it's very hard to convince the fitness enthusiasts that they need to take time off or they need to back up. So I think investing in having better communication skills is huge motivational interviewing is a great one uh the art of coaching with brett bartholomew is a great one and uh there's a lot of other ways to get become a better communicator out there but uh that is to me one of the big big game changers here and that was what this therapist that i was consulting was. they were really she's a really good communicator um so that was that was huge you know, I think a lot of people just think that when they go to private pay or cash PT practice that they have to become this magician or some nonsense. But you can't just bail on the basics of biology and 100% feed into what the client wants because in cases like this, the client doesn't necessarily know what they want you have to be able to have these uncomfortable conversations and you don't have to be a magician all the time. But if you're, if you're good with exercise prescription and manual therapy, I mean, you could make some pretty awesome changes too, but you know, that doesn't compensate for not being able to effectively communicate. Let's move on. So this client was, this was the first uh, cash pay client for this PT. And I think it, It couldn't have been a better teaching moment, to be honest. And now I know you're probably wondering, well, what did the PT prescribe for exercises and recovery after the first visit? Like, that's important. I'm not gonna leave you all hanging. So are you ready for this? She prescribed biking, ankle pumps. Yes, I said ankle pumps. Ball roll, so supine ball rolls. Triple flexion, and number four, light hamstring contract, relax, agonist contract, or pails and rails, whatever you want to call it. Those are the four exercises that she prescribed, along with three days of rest. Now, some of you functional movement nerds out there are wondering, well, what movement deficits did you find in the initial eval? You know, what was driving your plan of care from a movement perspective? Well, the four Main movement limitations that we found relevant. Number one, she had a left ankle dorsiflexion mobility deficit or limitation, limitation. Number two, she had a left midfoot stability motor control limitation. So, in other words, her midfoot could passively invert and evert, but she didn't know how to actively invert and evert her left foot, midfoot. Number three, The left active straight leg raise pattern was a motor control limitation. In other words, she passively had the adequate range in the active straight leg raise passively, but she could not actively control said motion. And number four, she had a left single leg stance deficit with increased hip balance strategies versus just ankle strategies. Now, all four of those deficits or limitations both the left ankle dorsiflexion limitation from a mobility standpoint, the midfoot motor control, the left active straight leg raise motor control, the left single leg balance, those could all be being driven by a painful signal from the Achilles tendon. So, Grey Cook always asks a very important question is, is this athlete moving poorly because she's in pain? Or is she in pain because she's moving poorly? I think this athlete is, moving poorly because she's in pain from not resting her body. So if we've just from the start perseverated on these mobility and motor control limitations without first catching the fact that her lowest hanging fruit is recovery strategies, I don't think we would have been able to help this badminton athlete have a pain-free tournament and win first place, right? So that's, that's key. All right. That's the update on the badminton athlete. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a colleague. Follow our podcast, Leave us a review, it'll greatly help us spread the word and share this information with more practitioners. If you have any questions about any of the information, please feel free to email me at remez at neuropedicspt.com. I answer all my emails, and I am willing to nerd out with any of you. All right, thank you again for listening, and have an awesome rest of your day. I wanna let you know about our foundation's mentorship program. This is a 12-week program designed for orthopedic and sports physical therapists interested in better understanding how various motor control and neuromuscular rehab models can be integrated into any practice, making you a well-rounded therapist while improving outcomes. With the various motor control perspectives available to us today, oftentimes we can be left feeling confused, not knowing who to listen to and which course to take next. We know what it feels like to take a weekend course and feel like you have to choose between one approach or another, but it doesn't have to be that way. What if a certain depth of understanding in various models brought us some clarity, cognitive agility and creativity into our clinical practice? That's our goal with this 12-week program. We'll dive deep into five of the foundational systems of motor control like the reflex model and the dynamic systems model. We'll dissect each model's strengths and weaknesses to see how each model may complement one another through synergy. Here's what you'll get through this 12-week program. You'll get home study content, which will consist of PowerPoint audio lectures. You'll get one-on-one mentoring calls for an hour a week where we dissect practical case study examples from your current caseload so you can apply the content to your clients right away. We'll also have plenty of time for Q&A so you can get a deeper understanding of the home study material. Here's what you will not get from this program. We're not offering new techniques or fancy exercises, and we're not promoting new assessment or evaluation strategies. And rather than bashing other systems, we'll be taking a different approach towards motor control, an inside-out approach where we start with our why and our beliefs and values. If you're interested in learning more about this 12-week mentorship program, please email us at neuropedicspt at We're now offering free discovery calls so you can learn more about what we have to offer.